Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. We are your hosts, Bryce Bauer and Jenny Morrow. We are a married couple devoted to helping you advance your relationships. With over 14 years experience as a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, and over a decade of experience as a certified life and relationship coach, we are here to help you create the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. everyone welcome back to the advanced relationship podcast we're in the studio today with with me with you (laughs) it's just us yeah just the two of us yeah having fun we're excited to be here we have a fun episode for you today any announcements jen so we do have a live event workshop advanced relationship workshop coming up that bryce and i are hosting November 6th to November 8th at our home in Layton, Utah. So this is going to be a small gathering. It's limited because we are hosting it at our house. And with everything going on in the world around large gatherings, it's going to be a small gathering. So there are spaces open. It's for both individuals and couples. It's really all about how to empower your relationship to yourself, to your partner, to others, So if you have a relationship that's really important in your life that you're working on, even if it's just your relationship to yourself, this is a great place to come, learn skills, practice, make some friends, and get coaching and do the work. So we will start on the evening of Friday, November 6th, and then we will run the workshop that evening, all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning finish about noon. If you're interested, email me at jenny at advancedrelationshipacademy.com. Let me know you're interested. I can get you the details. So if you're interested in joining us for that workshop, we would love to have you join. Okay, thanks, Jen. And I'm running my men's groups. Those are still going. We have our first outdoor backpacking trip in a remote area in Utah. I'm stoked about that. That'll be happening in the spring only for guys that are in the men's group. And leave us a review if you like what we're putting down. If even 10% of you leave a review, it makes a huge difference. So just press pause, click the star thingy, leave a review right now. That'd be really helpful for us. Helps us get the word out. Thank you so much. Okay, so today we're talking about the Four Horsemen. We're actually going to do a four-part series on the Four Horsemen. And can you tell us what those are, Jen? Yeah, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse is something that comes from John Gottman. And John Gottman, through the Gottman Institute, they have done some of the most research on relationships, especially marital relationships. So if you're interested, go check them out online. A lot of people have heard about John Gottman and his work. Um, He's married to Julie Gottman, and actually they are both researchers. So John Gottman came up with these four horsemen of the apocalypse after watching many, many couples in a research process and beginning to see what are the negative communication styles that can lead to the deterioration of a relationship if those styles aren't looked at and changed. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse are first criticism, then contempt, then defensiveness, and then stonewalling. The idea is that none of these mean that your relationship is doomed, 
But over time, if you don't learn a new way, then it's very likely that the relationship is going to deteriorate and it could ultimately lead to the ending or the demise of the relationship if these are not worked out. So today we're gonna to be talking about criticism and our plan is to do a four-part series where we're actually gonna be talking about all four of these horsemen. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. What I was reading was that they were able to predict up to a 90% accuracy rate whether or not a couple would work out based on just watching how they communicate and if they displayed some of these communication styles. As I look at them, I can see ways in which I've used all of them in some way. So yeah, like Jenny said, I don't think it's, it means your relationship is doomed if you've experienced them. But I mean, if they're happening, I think it's just going to erode the, the trust and safety and security of a relationship. So we're not just going to talk about them. We're also going to talk about some of the antidotes to work with them. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting too, because not only, you know, if, if one or more of these are happening consistently in a relationship, not only is it wearing the relationship down, but you're also missing out on time that could be used to grow and thrive. There's the loss of what's there. And then there's opportunity cost as well. If these things aren't worked on. Yeah. I don't know if you've been there before, but being in relationship struggle sucks. Yeah. Lose sleep, energy. If it's bad enough, you can't eat, just have trouble functioning in daily life. Like it's a big deal. Some people get used to it and seem to manage, but I don't like it. Mm -hmm. It really sucks for me. And I think it sucks for a lot of people. So it's worth learning. Yeah, It's worth learning better ways to do this. Definitely. So let's talk about criticism. Who likes to be criticized? Nobody. But it happens all the time. It probably happens on a daily basis in some way. Someone says something that's critical of you or you feel their energy. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's a family. But let's talk about how it shows up in intimate relationships. So what is criticism, Jen? I would describe criticism as an attack on someone's character. So sometimes someone does something we don't like. And criticism is where we actually believe that because they're doing something we don't like, that something is wrong with them. When we accuse our partner or attack them, it could be what they're doing, but the thing that we're alluding to is that because they're doing something we don't like or we don't agree with, there's something fundamentally wrong with them. Criticism is about an attack on someone's character. Yeah, and I'm thinking about the difference, I would say, between a criticism and complaint. So an example might be a complaint would be, yeah, I'm noticing I feel anxious because you got home late. And a criticism might be, you don't care about anyone but yourself. You're selfish mm -hmm. and you're late. Mm -hmm. So you can notice the difference there. One is the person's owning their emotional experience mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily saying anything the other person did is wrong or that they're wrong as a person. But in the second one, you can see it's like there's a big judgment on the person's character, who they are as a person. They've really boxed them in. Mm -hmm. This is also different than requests. So it can be very healthy in a relationship to be able to say, I'm noticing that when we don't have plans for the weekend by Thursday, I start to feel kind of antsy. And I'm noticing I'd like for us to make plans for one weekend night a week. Are you up for that? So, you know, making requests is one thing, another. Whereas a criticism could be, you know, what's wrong with you? You, you never make plans with me for the weekend. You just don't care about me. Something like that. Yeah. Again, I mean, I think 
it's just going to feel a bit different, you know, and I think you can use your spider senses on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, it can be kind of triggering to hear that your partner is upset about something, but it feels a whole lot different if they're attacking who you are as a person, mm-hmm. making blanket judgments about you. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to come across a bit more aggressive or at least passive aggressive. And there's a few different ways that this seems to play out. One is that one person starts to polarize and become bigger and bigger and the other person becomes smaller and smaller, which I think is where it seems like it's more of a one-way abuse cycle. And then there's what I've seen sometimes where two people will habitually bicker and fight all the time and just be in a constant state of low-grade stress because they just cannot stop criticizing each other. So either way, if you're on the receiving end of this criticism and you don't know how to speak up for yourself, you don't know how to create boundaries, it's going to really wear you down over time. And I think the person who is the criticizer, the perpetrator in this case, is going to feel more and more shame about the way they're treating their partner. So there really is no one winning in this situation. What would you suggest to the person who is being criticized? I think that person needs to first look at where they're getting hooked because criticism is only going to really stick with you and eat at you if you also believe whatever is being said. So typically, I think if someone gets caught in a pattern of being criticized, they have some level of low self-worth and they're constantly getting hooked and they don't feel secure enough in themselves to speak up. So I think a lot of the work begins internally looking at what are the stories that you're believing about yourself that are really causing your distress and your shame and, and the cycle to continue. Yeah, I like that. And then what would be then the antidote for the person who's doing the criticizing? And by the way, one thing that feels important to me to acknowledge is it seems like it's easy to see the criticizer as the bad guy in this dynamic. I think in our culture in general, we tend to see the perpetrator as the bad guy. And while that makes sense because it's a way to deal with the threat of being perpetrated against, to see that as as a bad position, the reality is it's just a position. It's just a dynamic that happens. And seeing one person is right and one person is wrong isn't going to be as effective as, okay, we're playing this dynamic out together. What is each of our parts? And how do we each start to work on our parts? So I like, Bryce, how you talked about what the one who's in the smaller position can do. And then what about the one who is doing the criticizing? Yeah, good question. And I was thinking about just zooming out, and this helps me at least when it comes to looking at perpetrators or my own perpetrator within me, is that someone who has an issue being critical most likely had that modeled to them in some way, usually by their parents. It could have been some societal conditioning too, but people don't just get this way overnight typically. It comes from, yeah, low-grade stress, habitual bickering, being told that they're wrong or they did something wrong. And so that voice typically comes into their mind from childhood, just the same way that bullies are created by abuse and bullying. So I think it can be helpful no matter where you're at in this pattern to look at the person who is criticizing is probably dealing with 
a lot of shame or sadness, just really intense feelings that they don't know how to deal with, criticism of their self. And so it's coming out towards other people or other things. But to work with it, and this is what the Gottman say, is that you need to, if you're the one who's catching yourself being critical, is to speak from the I place and to own your feelings. So instead of, yeah, you're selfish, you don't care about me, you're always late, it could be, yeah, I'm feeling really anxious right now, I'm feeling scared that you came home later than you said you would. Yep. And I think it's helpful to know sometimes these criticisms come out verbally and sometimes we say them to our partner in our head. The more attuned you become through relational work, the more you're going to notice the subtleties. And even if you're criticizing someone in your head or if you're being criticized, you'll sometimes feel it. You know, it can be helpful to stay with it. And so, yeah, if the antidote is to feel your feelings and be able to talk about those. I felt really angry when I saw the popsicle stick in Johnny's room. I noticed I really don't want him to be revved up before bed. Is there a way that we can handle that that'd feel good to both of us? So it's about sharing your feelings and then being able to make a positive request. And that's really is the antidote for criticism. And what's popping up for me here is just that it's not always very easy. Like we're talking about it like it's just this thing that we sometimes do and here's what you do about it. And I find if you're in a pattern of criticism, it actually can be pretty tricky because working it out means you're actually going to have to feel feelings that you've been avoiding feeling. And the way you've been avoiding feeling them is by using criticism to project outward the blame or the energy outward instead of having to actually feel the feelings that you're feeling inside of your own body. Cool. Thanks for sharing that, Jen. Yeah, you're welcome. Anything else on this? No, that actually feels pretty complete to me right now. A little bit of just a background on it. Cool. Yeah, hopefully this has given you some language to work with. If you're in the smaller position, it's going to be helpful to look at the places where you're getting hooked, to speak up for yourself, set more boundaries. That can be really hard to do. It's sometimes helpful to go in and get some help for that. And if you're noticing that you're more the criticizer, it's helpful to learn how to speak about your feelings and your experience and not unload that energy on your partner. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. And we'll be back with part two next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.